The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers 4DC. Welcome, I'm joined by Therese Caruso, who is Managing Director of Insights and Strategy at PR firm Zeno. Therese, welcome to the Echo Chamber PR podcast. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. We are here to talk a little bit about something called the Human Project, which is effectively an initiative to understand how brands can better interact in people's lives. And you've done this, or or Zeno has done this, by studying the way uh, people's lives are changing. I wondered if you could perhaps talk us through this project a little bit in terms of what it entails and what it hopes to accomplish. Sure. Well, first I'll tell you what inspired the Human Project. We at Zeno Group have for years been tracking people's behaviors. And when we put our strategic planning process into action, the first thing that we do is study the people that the brands want to make an emotional connection with. Because we believe that that's where it all starts. If, if brands really understand who people are, then they have the ability to not only connect, but also create wholly ownable strategies and creative. So about a year ago, Roper put out a piece of research that we were very interested in. And it talked about how people put the same values that they do against their best friends, against brands. And so we thought, gee, that's really interesting. So if a brand really does need to behave more human, they need to understand the values that people live by every day, not just as consumers who consume things, but as people that have real feelings and behaviors that motivate them to do what they do. And that was kind of the basis of how we built the human project. The purpose of the human project really is quite simple. It's to help brands understand at the core who people are from, again, from a value standpoint, so that we understand that if a brand, for example, wants to reach Gen We, which is the youngest generation out there, those kids, those boys and girls have very different values that they live their lives by every day than, let's just say, a Gen Xer who's at the heart of building a family. So we tell brands and the human project explore this. What are those values and how do we take the values of a brand and actually compare them to the values of the people they want to reach? And at its core, that's what the human project studies. Okay, thank you. But let's let's go back a little bit to this idea of brands being best friends. You said it was a, a Roper research study that brought this idea forward. Is it really possible for a brand to behave like a best friend? Because, you know, maybe the most skeptical among us might might suggest that that kind of a view is, is somehow impossible. We believe that it is very possible and very actionable because when we looked at the research and we looked at the actual values, some of the values included things like being honest helping to support my goals and ideals, listening to me, and then showing me that you really did kind of listen, being a resource for me, helping to support some of the things that are challenging in my life and coming up with solutions. So if you think about some of those things, 
that I think we think that's what brands should be doing if they really are going to make a meaningful connection. And there are brands out there that are showing people that they have listened and that they're delivering what people need to enable their lives to kind of hum. So yes, we do believe that it's very actionable. Yeah, indeed. I mean, the things you've mentioned there are all things that that brands can do. Do you feel enough of them do think of it in these terms, you know, almost as if they should be more human? I think more and more brands, in a, and I feel like this is very gratifying for we, you know, PR people. Um, I do think more and more brands are starting to understand it better. Um, but I, I do think that there is a large percentage of brands out there that still look at it as how do these people consume things? And while that's important to understand where people look to read, who their influencers are. I think that's all really important, but that does not give you the full picture and does not allow brands to make that very human connection that indeed they need to make today, according to all the research we're reading. Okay, cool. So let's talk a little bit about the research. You've focused in particular on something that you're calling the active family. So firstly, what is the active family and and why did you decide to look in detail at their lives? So we we looked at the active family uh, for one reason initially, and that is everything that the human project uh, enables is all powered by relevant research. So we thought in order for us to determine the audience that we want to reach, we'll look in the research to see what audiences are perhaps important right now. And most importantly, important to the brands that we service in our agency. So Again, Roper put out a piece of research that showed that the highest values that people that move people across the globe right now is actually the one value of family. Family connects um, everyone. That's really the focus. It's people's personal lives that they're focusing on because they really have no control outside of their own homes. So family has become absolutely paramount to the way people are being happy these days and the way they're running their lives. So we thought, okay, if that's the research that's bubbling up now globally, then that's what we're gonna focus on. So the first round of research, and we did this research in partnership with Iconoculture um, because they are the uh, sort of our research partner along. We wanted this to be very authentic. And so we focused on the family and that means that active family is anyone that has a family that they're actively raising in their household. And that um, allowed us to look across the new family, which is millennials, because they're all having families now, as well as Gen Xers, and then the young boomers, because they still have kids in the house under 17 years old. So it's anyone that has an active family between zero and 17 um, years old children in the house. You found that the dynamic inside the household is changing. I wondered if you could maybe talk us through that in a little bit more detail. Um, how is that dynamic changing and, and why does that matter to brands? Right. Well, the, indeed, the dynamic in the household is changing tremendously. There is a huge shift that's happening inside the household. And it's a shift that has to do with power and voice and influence. Um, and basically what's happening is that the way parents are parenting is changing And the role of technology has had a huge influence on the power of the kids. Because of course, as as all marketers know, this new generation 
Gen Y, and Gen Z, which is 19 to 24, um, which was sort of pushed forward by millennials. They're so digitally savvy that they can really understand just about anything because they have the power in their hands. So parents are looking at children as equal partners in this family journey. And they want their kids to be involved in all decisions that really surprise marketers, like down to what kind of a car should we buy? Let's ask the kids. Where should we go on vacation this year? Very important for the kids to opt in to this decision. What food are we buying? And in, it's particularly in the food category, kids have so much influence inside the household. Parents are grocery shopping moms and dads with their kids. So because the influence inside the household is shifting from parent to child back to parent, the parents and kids are equally influencing each other. And of course, that has made for a very different family dynamic. And brands need to now, and I think a lot of brands are scratching their heads and saying, well, how do I deal with this? Do I market to parents? Do I market to parents and kids equally? What is that mix? And it's changing so rapidly that brands need to really understand what this new family dynamic looks like inside the household. The other thing that is shifting tremendously is what couple time means now in the household. It used to be the parents parceled their time out. They said, okay, there's time with the children and then there's time with my spouse and then there's time with me alone. And it was a lot of pressure on mom and dad to fit all this time in. And of course, time for my career. Now it's becoming very different, the dynamic. There's a growing importance of couple time and kid time converging and really coming together. So that this whole notion of enduring love between couples and spending that quality time with the kids is becoming more and more important for millennials as well as exos who value their time with their children in a different way because of, again, technology has brought parents and kids together in a way that we've never seen before. So that dynamic is changing. And of course, brands need to understand how to navigate this um, if they are to become or to stay relevant. Now, how is this different, for example, compared to brands that have marketed to kids on the basis of, you know, using kids, I guess, their pester power to persuade their parents to make specific buying decisions. Is that different here? Yes, absolutely. Pester power is kind of dead. Kids no longer are pestering their parents about things because parents see their kids as equal partners. I'll give you an example. If a typical 10-year-old wants their parents to buy him or her a phone, which of course is the case in probably almost 100% of households across the United States um, and globally. Mm. Yeah. Um, instead of the child pestering their parents and just saying, I really want a phone because I really want a phone, kids are putting together beautifully designed PowerPoint decks. Um, and in these decks are, I know I, my, I have a 12 year old in my house. Um, she did this with us and it's typical behavior. She's doing so much research and these kids are presenting such cogent arguments as to why they should have a phone. And they're going into both the economics of it for their parents and how that phone will allow their family to make 
cohesive decisions, that there's no more pester power. There is very rational, practical arguments going from kid to adult, that it's creating this incredible environment now that it's more empowering and more, um, I don't know, just a better environment for, for moms, dads, and kids together. Mm. So marketers need to understand what they're dealing with when they deal with kids and adults. Mm -hmm. Because the whole idea of pester power as well was always a little, um, I mean, it always raised a few red flags ethically, I think. Do you think with maybe a more empowered younger generation, brands are going to be a little braver in terms of how they speak to them? Yes, I think they need to be more brave. Uh, and I think one of the biggest reasons why brands need to be terribly courageous uh, today is that one of the basis of, I would say, about the, the Gen We generation is that these kids fear nothing. And that's not in an egotistical or an arrogant way at all. The reason why they fear nothing is because they always have a ready answer at their fingertips. They always know things before they dive into the blackness of, you know, the questions. They never do anything before they're powered by knowledge and curiosity. So I, I do think that we're in a very different environment when it comes to brands marketing directly to kids um, and kids being able to understand and take it up in a different way. And what about those ethical concerns, um, if at all? Do you think there are any when it comes to brands that are marketing to children? Yes, certainly. Um, I do think that there's some that there's some watchouts for sure, um, but it's not the way it used to be. It's it's not kids blindly diving into marketing messages and believing everything they hear. In fact, they kind of don't believe anything until they see the evidence in their own hands. The other thing I think that really factors in here is that kids really respect their parents these days. It, it's almost like this wonderful dance that's happening between kids and their parents where they're starting to trust each other more and more because of the power that technology gives them. Of course, you know, uh, um, I have to just caveat that by saying that parents are still parents. Parents are still directing the children. They're still the presiding yes and no at the end of the day. And I think kids are respectful of their parents more and more. Um, but I do have to say that kids are not blindly jumping into marketing messages anymore because it's just not how they're built. But even accounting for that, surely there's some call on brands to be careful here to some extent. Absolutely. I think brands do need to be careful um, for sure, especially for themselves, I think, today, because there's so much transparency that's needed and that kids and their parents can kind of find out anything these days. So I, I think in that case, I think brands are becoming more respectful. I think brands are doing a very good job at marketing to the family these days because they have more information. And I think it's just going to get better and better as the years go by. And of course, this is all being enabled by this wonderful technology that we have out there. Mm. Now, Therese, I wondered whether you might have any examples of brands that you think are either getting this kind of marketing right in terms of, a, of approaching it in a more human manner, or indeed brands that you think would benefit from this kind of an approach. This is a little bit tricky for me mm -hmm. um, because we service many brands um, here at our agency. Um, but so I'll try to be very impartial. I would like to name a campaign that I have a lot of respect for. 
I think they really did their homework when they came out with their campaign. I think Whirlpool is doing a beautiful job at reaching, communicating, and um, displaying, conveying rather, the family in a way that is so real and so beautiful uh, with their new campaign around comfort. I just, I love the way they portray dads and the role that dads play, mm -hmm. moms, you know, in this new role that moms play and the way they position kids and the, the relationship. I just, I think it's a beautiful way of showing it. I also absolutely have so much respect for Whole Foods mm -hmm. um, in their campaign where they openly say that they value values. Um, and of course that speaks directly to brands understanding what moves people on a daily basis and how values really come into play. In terms of brands um, that haven't gotten it right, um, I can just say broadly mm -hmm. that brands that target boys directly or target girls directly and don't think about gender agnosticity, I think mm -hmm. are not getting it right. I think brands that are still just marketing to old paradigms and not understanding the new shifts the generations are making, I think that they're going to lose. Um, so just broadly, I think that brands that aren't looking at values and mm -hmm. understanding people at their core are going to lose. Interesting, because it seems to me that there's a lot of brands out there that maybe are still looking at it in terms of the traditional demographics. I, I do think that there's a lot more work to be done there, yes. Mm. And lastly, before we go, I wondered whether you could maybe talk a little bit about the changing roles of mums and dads. I mean, you mentioned that a little bit now, and I think the research identifies that the typical idea uh, of a mum and a dad in, in, you know, from a marketing perspective uh, has, has changed dramatically. It, it, indeed it has. Um, I think the biggest change that we've seen and this is not really new anymore, but I think it's just picking up so much speed, is the the influence of the dad um, in the household. Mm -hmm. That really started with Gen X. Uh, the Gen X generation really kind of gave birth to this dad that was more empowered and um, more willing to give up the boardroom for his family. And um, I think that the millennial men are following suit. They'll Perhaps they'll do it a little bit differently because they were parented differently themselves. But I think the influence of dads is very important for brands to pay attention to. I also think that mom's role because of this is changing. Mm -hmm. I think she's becoming more comfortable with having that extra help. She doesn't um, perhaps feel that she has to do everything herself, but I think there's still a lot more work to be done in helping mom um, and, you know, getting a little bit more equal footing. So I think the dynamic overall with these the younger generation is really changing. And I think we're going to see more of a uh, equal partnership and relationship between mom and dad. Okay, well, fascinating stuff. Therese, thank you so much for joining us on the Echo Chamber to discuss the human project. We'd love to hear more about when the next research effort comes out, so do keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Marketeers 4DC for producing today's show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. 